Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winter Fame. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Pashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestian Echo. The Entolamaginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Have you heard the news? The Indo Daily is up for a listener's choice award. Head over to the Irish Podcast Awards.ie forward slash vote. Today on the Indo Daily, Meghan Markle. Duchess or Diva? After the launch of her new podcast and another tell-all interview, Duchess of Sussex Meghan Markle has hit the headlines yet again. Making most of the front pages this morning is the sit-down interview Meghan has given to a US magazine, The Cut. Meghan Markle has come under fire this morning, the grandson of Nelson Mandela slamming the royal for comparing herself to the anti-apartheid hero. I think an Australian would say she's just full of it. She's a tosser. <laughs> she's a total tosser. That's how we would describe her. Sun front pages picked up on this one quote that she's talked about uh, saying, Harry told her, I lost my dad. And Prince Charles is said to have been saddened by this. And then we... It is a contradiction to say, leave me alone, I want a private life. Oh, by the way, there's a journalist, you can come into my house and I'm going to tell you the intimate things that my husband has said to me about his family. Despite Harry and Meghan leaving royal life behind and reinventing themselves in Los Angeles, her experiences while in the firm are still garnering attention. And I think for us it's so different because we're light-skinned, you're not treated as a black woman. You're not treated as a right. white woman. You sort of fit in between. I mean, I've, if there's any time in my life that it's been more focused on my race, it's only once I started dating my husband. Then I started Obviously. to understand what it was like to be treated like a black woman. So, is she really a martyr to the monarchy? And why choose the week of the 25th anniversary of Princess Diana's death to remind us of her royal rumbles? I'm not sure Diana would truly have, have liked her. I. Diana was a much bigger person. She was a much, I would think, kinder person. I'm Fionn Sheehan, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Jenny Bond, royal commentator and former BBC royal correspondent, to ask if Meghan and Harry can ever fully leave their royal past behind, or would that just be bad for business? Jenny Bond, uh, Meghan, as she is now uh, describing herself by a, a mononym, She's very much back uh, in the public eye once more. Uh, interviews, podcasts, this relaunch of her, her uh, media career of a, of a different form. What did you learn about her in the last week that, that you, you didn't know previously, if anything? Well, 
I think we learned that um, she is still, well, in the words of a, a fellow commentator, actually, Bonnie Greer, um, really pissed off that she's no longer a member of the royal family and at the way she was treated. Um, she clearly is still harboring a, a, a lot of resentment about her short, short time as a working royal. Um, and she can't stop going on about it. To me, she is turning a little bit into her father. Remember how she has castigated her father, Thomas Markle, for constantly giving TV interviews about their relationship or their lack of a relationship. And she has pleaded with him public to stop it, to stop giving these interviews. Well, it seems to be a bit of a family trait, doesn't it? She can't stop giving interviews, despite the fact they moved to... Um, to California to, to get somewhat out of the public eye, she seems to be unable to live um, what we might describe as a, a private life because she forever wants that limelight. Yeah, the New York Post labelling her cruelly the Greta Garbo of Montecito, uh, proclaiming on the one hand she wants to be left alone, yet on the other hand wants to be out there, wants to wants to have a, a, a media persona, wants to be able to speak as she claims that she was she was unable to do so uh, before. Did you regard uh, any of these things as as bombshells, or were they little gossipy tip titbits that we were really getting from her? Well, some were just clearly ludicrous, um, quoting a, a cast member of The Lion King as saying, and I'm sure this person did say to Meghan, that we celebrated in South Africa when you married um, Prince Harry. We celebrated as we celebrated when Nelson Mandela walked free. Probably that was said to her. But surely there should have been a brain cell in, in Megan's head saying, well, I'm not going to repeat that because it's clearly ludicrous. Um, how could you compare the, the two? But nevertheless, she trotted that out and um, therefore received a great deal of sarcastic comment, not only in the press over here and in New York, but also from Mandela's own grandson, um, who said you really cannot uh, make any kind of comparison there. I was intrigued by what she claimed about, I think she was talking about the press. She was talking about the fact that uh, photographs, if she wanted to issue a photograph or have a photograph taken of, of particularly of her son, Archie, um, it had to be uh, approved by the 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 royal courtiers or whatever, the, the palace machinery, the firm. Um, and she felt that uh, she that why she said why should I give photographs to people who use the N word about my son? Now I don't know specifically who she was talking about, uh, but we we all seem to have understood that she was probably talking about the press, the British press. And that is absurd. Uh, no one in my extensive knowledge and experience um, in the media would dream of saying such a thing. Um, and she also said that the one reason they had to leave is because there would be uh, posses, maybe 40 photographers outside the school gates if they chose to take Archie to school when he came at school age. Well, again, another ludicrous suggestion and untrue because there is a code of conduct in the British press and people are, do not, photographers do not gather outside the school gates. William and Catherine frequently take their children to school and unless invited, the press do not go along. So she's made some extraordinary and frankly untrue claims. 
she's developed this habit now between the Oprah interview, these these interviews that she is both sitting on on either side of the chair, of, of putting out teasers out there. And one of those teasers that that she put out on this occasion was the the notion that Harry has lost his dad, so that that Prince Charles and Harry are are no longer uh, in in contact. That that relationship is over. What did you make of that? You know, all over the front pages today is this new interview that Meghan has given. Uh, the Sun front page has picked up on this one quote that she's talked about, uh, saying Harry told her, I lost my dad. And Prince Charles is said to have been saddened by this. And then we, we sort of understand there's a bit of confusion yeah. about the exact quote, what might have been said. Omid Scobie, who is sort of seen as a bit of an unofficial mouthpiece for us, then said, oh, no, she was talking about him referring to... Yeah, Dad, right. Dad, not yeah, right. Well, again, there's confusion about that because uh, in the magazine article, The Cut, um, the journalist quotes Meghan as saying that Harry said to her, I lost my dad in this process, the process of, the, of having to leave the UK and the lawsuits and everything. Um, and now her people, Meghan's people, have said, no, 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 that, it, it was a reference to her dad. Well, that's not how the journalist heard it. And I think the magazine is standing by their quote. They're saying it's a direct transcript. Um, well, I mean, the fact of the matter is Charles and, and Harry do have a very difficult relationship at the moment. Charles has publicly and privately um, said he loves his son very much. Um, and when they did have a short meeting, I think it was quite emotional when they were over here for the for the Jubilee, quite an emotional meeting. He was able to, to meet his grandchildren. Um, but um, things are tricky between them. Uh, whether Harry, I don't think Harry has lost his dad, whether, whether his dad, whether Charles has lost his son uh, is, is another question entirely. Harry is is intermittently mentioned. He he pops up in in the the magazine uh, interview. He pops his head in the door to say hello to Serena Williams, uh, very staged uh, on on the podcast. He himself has a a book coming out. So do, do we expect that relations are going to get even worse between the uh, the L.A. and the Windsor side of the families? Well, there's a lot of suspicion about what's going to be in this book, obviously, and it is a bit like a, a sort of Damocles, I think, hanging over the royal family. And I think they're all rather hesitant to uh, to meet up and um, talk as brothers or father and son until the air is cleared about this book. I mean, obviously, Harry um, is coming over with Meghan uh, next week. Um, they're coming to do a charity engagement, a couple of engagements in the UK and, and uh, sort of launch the Invictus Games, um, the run-up to them in Germany. There are no indications that they're going to meet up with the rest of the family, even though he'll be a few hundred yards away from uh, from William and Catherine. And one reason for that, I think, is that uh, this element of trust has evaporated they don't know what, no one knows what they can say to Harry and Meghan without it being blurted out over the airways. And discretion and privacy are a very large part of the tight, tight royal circle um, and the family. There are very few people that they can uh, talk to, frankly. Um, I mean, in the, in the past, both Harry and William had said, well, William particularly, said there's, there's only one really one person in the world I can tell everything to. Uh, this was before his marriage to Catherine, and, and that was Harry. Um, and, and that trust has now gone. 
And until the book's out, and maybe something more from Megan, we learnt in this interview that she kept a journal, a diary of her time in the in the royal family. Um, until the air is cleared about just what's going to come out, things are not going to get any easier. Yeah, left the journal in Frogmore House when they departed from from England, and it was still there when she returned uh, over a year later. I, I I taught MI five sorted all these things out. They were supposed to be on top of of, of, of their game, and the, and the conspiracy theorists uh, would tell us. So again, another potential book there from the the Megan uh, diaries uh, as such. There's also a a fly on the wall documentary of some sort, um, supposedly coming down the track from Netflix. A lot of the other projects seem to have fallen by the wayside. Yes, I mean it's it's been sort of dubbed by the by the press as uh, reality TV, but Megan was very specific that this isn't um, reality TV. It's an historical um, documentary of their love story. Sounds like reality TV to me, I must say. Sounds like Mills and Boone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It does. It does. And you know what? I don't want to be constantly sniping and snide about Megan. She was welcomed into the family really, really broadly by the by the press and and by by the royal family. And it was it was fantastic to have this outspoken feminist, independent, uh, dual heritage. But that's almost by the by. Um, this this mature woman um, with mature thoughts uh, coming into the royal family. And if only she could have made it work. And to some extent, if the royal family, if the, the, the system, the firm could have been a bit more bending, a bit make a, make a bit of a compromise, I think maybe it could have worked. So there are aspects of, you know, of her that I admire. But I have to say I'm finding it more and more difficult the more she speaks out to, to respect her and to defend what she says. What about this? The question of of race it it does come up here again. She speaks to Serena Williams about how her her race, her, her mixed race background, wasn't an issue on, until she started uh, going out with Harry. Yet she says in the interview in in the cut that her problems stem from her being an American, not necessarily a black American. And I think for us, it's so different because we're light skinned. You're not treated as a black woman. You're not treated as a white woman. You sort of fit in between. I mean, I've, if there's any time in my life that it's been more focused on my race, it's only once I started dating my husband. Then I started Obviously. to understand what it was like to be treated like a black woman. So what what do you make of, of what, what, what she's saying there in this regard? Because we've also had this, this, this reference to, to racism against her, her, her children uh, by, the, by the British media. We also previously in, in the Oprah interview had, had a reference uh, to when she was, she was pregnant, a, a reference to, to the color of her child. So what's your take on, on her, her, her references to racism? Yes. And of course, in the Oprah interview, she claimed uh, that this remark had been made when she was pregnant. Harry separately said a remark had been made um, even before they had thought about having children. Um, so confusion there. And a great paradox, I think, actually, which is saying that uh, being black only became an issue when she started dating Harry, um, because she herself has spoken many, many times about um, her acting career and how because she's of dual heritage, she she quoting 
quoting Megan here, said, I was too black for the black roles and too white for the white roles. Uh, quoting Megan again, she spoke about how her father had bought two Barbie dolls when she was young so that um, he, could, he, could mix, he, he could mix them up so he had a, a black and a white Barbie doll. She spoke about how he did that because at school she apparently had to fill in boxes of her, uh, describing her heritage and she didn't know which box to tick. Was she black? Was she white? She, mixed. she didn't know what box to tick. So it seems to me from her own mouth that uh, the colour of her skin and her heritage has been an issue for most of her life. Looking at the, the reaction that uh, her, her, her recent work has, has generated, looking at, at this side of, of the pond, since their departure from the royal family, a number of significant events uh, have happened. You've, you've had the, the, the Prince Andrew uh, fallout over his, his, uh, his relationship uh, with, with a paedophile billionaire. You've had the, the passing of, of Prince Philip. You've had the success of the Jubilee celebrations. Is the UK over Meghan Markle and Harry at this stage? Are, are they as relevant as perhaps they were a couple of years ago when the, when the furor broke up? It is a contradiction to say, leave me alone, I want a private life. Well, let me finish. Leave me alone, I want a private life. Oh, by the way, there's a journalist. You can come into my house and I'm going to tell you the intimate things that my husband has said to me about his family and put it out there. That, yeah, is, like a headline they, that is a contradiction. They want privacy from being talked about, not being talked to. Yeah. So they have so to be able to put... They have to be able to say... Oh, they never on, said they on, wanted privacy wrong. to not do good things. That's the wrong they analysis. They wanted... Every, you look at the press every single day. You guys are obsessed with tearing them down. Absolutely obsessed no, with No, I... Every I, single I think, day. No, 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 absolutely they're not. Um, I think there's quite a lot of suspicion now about uh, Meghan and, and some sympathy, really, for, for Harry um, being so estranged from, from his family. Um, they could have been absolute jewels in the crown of the royal family. Um, and as I've said, I think perhaps there could have been some kind of compromise whereby they they were sort of part-time royals, that they could have had some time off and been in the States, but not with all these commercial activities, um, which do inherently have a, a, a conflict within them because they're trading on their royal connections. But I've always said, how much money do you need? I mean, Harry inherited millions from his mother and his grandmother. Um, she was wealthy. She was earning really well. So they had money. Just how many bathrooms and how much money do you need to have a few months of privacy not working and then come out and be working? I thought that might work. The, the, the Queen didn't. Um, and as such, they are not the jewels in the crown of the royal family. They could have been. And they are making themselves, I think, more and more irrelevant to, to us over here in the UK. I couldn't even get what well, Eddie, Eddie did better than me because she went through the whole. I couldn't even stomach getting through the whole article. Oh. It's just too. I just find her too hard to. She's. she's I think an Australian would say she's just full of it. She's a tosser. <laughs> she's a total tosser. That's how we would describe her. I just can't. Eddie, would you use the speak. word tosser? <laughs> Wouldn't you? Look, I think she's. Yeah. she has a very different narrative, perhaps in the US, to what is being 
accepted in the UK, I would say. A very unsympathetic coverage, you'd have to say, across the past 10 days uh, towards her. There there really doesn't seem to be any great support uh, developing now at this point uh, in the UK. No. No, No. No, there really isn't. I mean, in in the press, you know, the Duchess of Delusion and all sorts of headlines like that. And as you say, in the States, um, the toddler and the tiara, the spoiled princess still whining about the royal family. She's getting up bad press on both sides of the Atlantic. But she's going to have to keep talking because uh, they've signed these big deals with Netflix and Spotify and big organizations like that. They want their pound of flesh and they're not going to go away till they get it. And yet at the same time, you you look at the United States. I know that the Daily Telegraph are, are citing it as how Meghan lost America. She has released this uh, this this podcast, Archetypes. Uh, we've had the two episodes so far. Jumped to the top of the Spotify charts, beating even Joe Rogan, uh, controversial uh, American commentator. So, is there is there an audience for her, perhaps in the in the US, or do you think this is merely about a lot of attention around it at the moment, and it'll be a, a flash in the pan? People should expect the real me in this, and probably the me that they've never gotten to know. Certainly not. In the past few years, um, where everything is through the lens of the media, as opposed to, hey, it's me. I'm just excited to be myself and talk and be unfiltered. And yeah, it's fun. Well, yeah. I mean, um, sort of self destruction um, podcasts <laughs> like these, if you want to put it that way. Um, they, they obviously they're, they're controversial, so people want to listen. The more controversial it is, there's such. What, what do they say? There's no such thing as bad publicity. The more publicity they get about it, the more people want to listen to the podcast. Yeah, commercial success, undoubtedly. Um, and perhaps the future podcast will be a little less egocentric, a little less about Megan, a little more about the guests that she's interviewing. Um, I mean, I think we had a bit of a laugh this time because Mariah Carey um, called her a diva, which really didn't go down very well with Megan at all, um, but gave the press over here quite a laugh. So it is actually the gift that keeps on giving at the moment. Yeah, she almost seems to be sort of engaging in a form of reverse psychology by 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 dealing with these titles uh, which are negatively attributed to women and almost daring the media, I dare you to call me that. And of course, Mariah Carey almost calls her bluff, calls her a diva, but says she means it in the, in the original sense of the word in terms of being a glamorous and wonderful wonderful woman. Interesting take from from Mariah. Maybe that's her her Irish sense of humor coming across across there. <laughs> There might be this persona. And yes, the diva mm-hmm. thing we can play into. I, I mean, it's not something that I connect to. But if for you, it's been a huge you part of your... You give us diva moments sometimes, I Megan. Don't even moments act do like... I give you? <laughs> Don't act do you like you. It's, right it's, it's, it's also the visual. It's the visual. A lot oh, of it's, it's the, the visual. Because See, that's the thing. I don't know about you, but it stopped me in my tracks. When she called me a diva. You couldn't see me, obviously, but I, I started to sweat a little bit. I started squirming in my chair in this quiet revolt. Like, wait, what? No, what? Huh? But that, how could you? That's not true. That's not. Why would you say that? My mind uh, genuinely was just spinning with what nonsense she must have read or clicked on to make her say that. And I just kept thinking in that moment, was my girl crush coming to a quick demise? What about the timing of this? We are at the the, the 25th anniversary of the the passing uh, of of Prince Harry's late mother Diana. 
do you good timing or bad timing? Appalling timing. Um, and, you know, the charitable side of me really, really wants to think that this is just an unfortunate coincidence. That, that is the best gloss I can put on it, that it's unfortunate. Uh, bizarre, it seems to me, it is bizarre that the picture issued with this magazine, The Cut, uh, the picture issued is the close-up face of um, the Duchess, Megan. I find it difficult to call her a Duchess, really. Megan, um, with her hair really pulled back off her face, not a lot of makeup, wearing a turtleneck black jumper. It is a fitting image of the cover of Andrew Morton's book of Diana, Her True Story in 1992, where again, it's a pared back close up of Diana wearing a black turtleneck sweater. I mean, is that a coincidence? And to issue it um, on the day of the 25th anniversary of Diana's death and take away um, the publicity and the headlines from Diana, the tributes to Diana. And it was much more about Meghan than Diana um, in the coverage yesterday. And I just think that's that's very... I, I, I'm trying to be charitable. I'm just going to say unfortunate. Yeah. So in your view, Meghan, she's no Diana. No, no, she's not. Um, D- Diana... I'm not sure Diana would truly have, have liked her. I I don't know. Um, uh, D- Diana was a much bigger person. She was a much, I would think, kinder person. Um, and I also think if Diana had been around, actually, we wouldn't be in this great big muddle um, because I think she would have knocked those two two boys' heads together and sorted them out. I don't think the feud between William and Harry uh, would have been allowed to develop in the way it has. Therefore, I don't think that uh, Harry and Meghan would have fled um, to the to the United States. Um, so I don't think it would have happened if, if Diana had been around. But no, I do not think Meghan is in the same category either as Nelson Mandela or Diana. And my thanks to Royal Commentator Jenny Bond for joining me on the podcast today. I'm Fionn Sheehan, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Garrett Mulhall, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound by John Smith. Clips from the Archetypes podcast on Spotify, ITV, 7 News, CBS, the BBC, Netflix, and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review.